Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. The Castrol Edge Rugby Championship starts August 17. Tickets on sale now. Ticketech.com.au. Good morning to you all for the final time, uh, the Ruck on a Sunday morning, our last show of the season. Berkey, Timmy, good morning to both of you. Morning, boys. I know that uh, you've obviously a little bit red-eyed because you caught that, that plane described as the red-eye back from Perth after the Wallabies. Was never in doubt. 14, never in doubt. 13 <laughs> over Argentina to get uh, the Ewan McKenzie era underway for it with a victory, which is terrific news. We're going to speak to Ewan McKenzie a little bit later on. Uh, gentlemen, just before we get to the footy and, and about the weather conditions and how you enjoyed yourselves in Perth yesterday, both of you, did you just hear on the news there, uh, Thomas Brewer, this is the, the boy uh, who, of course, has been allegedly punched by mm-hmm. Bernard Tomic's dad. In the court case, he, he's kept a diary. He says that uh, Bernard's father shot Bernie with a BB gun in the calf just to prove manhood. His manhood. Mm-hmm. Was your, did your father, you know, was he toting weapons Berkey at all for just to see how you were shaping up not, as a young man? Not per se to see how we were going. More more, more for the fact that when we did something wrong, perhaps he might have unloaded on, you with the rifle. Unloaded on us. Not really unloaded, <laughs> unloaded but the, the, certainly the, the belt came off, it folded uh-huh. over and stand there and deliver. Yeah, absolutely. Really? The belt, yeah. Berkey. Oh, we, Dad, Dad had the uh, the SS Jumbo cricket bat. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go for the single scoop or the double scoop, went for the SS Jumbo. Remember those Stuart oh, Surridge yeah. cricket bats? Oh. He, he was spo- sponsored by Stuart Surridge. <laughs> yeah. were, they, were they, you know, you guys who are obviously elite sports people, were your dads, though, kind of tough uh, men's men in that regard? Uh, I think my dad Moses was really more about just going out there and play and do your best and like any dad these days is just encourage the sons but um, mm-hmm. yeah when you saw that cricket bat come out that's why they got so quick you know yeah, <laughs> you were gone exactly I mean, right I, 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 I must have been there I did spend some time in the cupboard as well just locked in there just to you know because I had you what know, in the dad's room I dropped the ball you know that kind of stuff and right. spent some time with, no just kidding oh, <laughs> oh, oh Berkey oh son feel a little bit creepy that, 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 that was the chapter in the book that never got written <laughs> We are going to get to this game, obviously, but just uh, just talk me through. Look from the television uh, pictures; the conditions looked absolutely hideous. What was sideways. going on? Yeah, sideways. It, it was. It was through throughout the day. Uh, it was coming in, uh, literally just blowing a gale, coming sideways, and then you thought, oh, maybe it's okay. Then you walked outside and literally yeah. got uh, you know pushed over by the wind. So you could see how difficult it was just to kick the ball, get around the park, and. And maybe they, I mean, the, the whole thing was you, you didn't want to fall into kicking the ball too much, but you had to kick it enough. So, um, I tell you what, you're lucky we're upstairs. It would have been chilly out there. Oh, they, they just got away with it, didn't they, Burke? The Wallaby. It's good to see them have a win, but it was worse actually, um, off, off screen. So in, out on the field, it, it looked actually worse than it was on TV. It was incredible, um, conditions at the play and difficult conditions. I, I was on the taxi going to the ground from the hotel to mm. get to the ground. And there was a bike rider got blown off his bike. The wind was that strong. The Fremantle doctor, poor guy, oh, yeah. you know, had, he, had his feet clipped in. Oh, no. <laughs> he went. No. No. Just a quick clarification, Timmy. Taxi, not a high car for you? No, I taxi. Thought, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, right. And uh, the plane, how was that for you, Berkey? Yeah, good. Uh, got the red eye back. You know, they're, they're just after midnight flight. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it's interesting when you get off the plane as well. We used to have a bloke called Daniel Herbert. When you, when the bus used to pull up, yes. he used to sit up the back of the bus and basically he used to run, you know, down the, down get the, 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 the aisle. Get to the front. Like, get yeah. off first. Like, why? Just wait yeah. your time, mate. Just have, have a bit of... Is he keen to train to Well, plane? I don't know. I don't know. He was just one of those ones. Yeah, people want to get off first. Yeah. And, 
you're in the plains where you just got to sort of file out. Mm. And I had some lady beside me who, uh, you know, I was, I think about row 13 mm. on the way back there. You can't move. You don't want to stand up. You stand up. Were you, you on the aisle or the window? I was in the middle. Oh, I was in the middle okay. and, and she was on the, on the window. And, you know, you stand up, you get hunched over. You can't yeah. go anywhere. You're sort of, you know, compressed from everyone or, or, you know, sitting next to everyone, standing, standing close. And she actually motioned to go and I, I didn't go anywhere. I just sat, I held my, I held my ground. Wow. It was like, you know, being called for a run, like Kevin Peterson the other day. <laughs> but you just stand your ground. In the end, she said, do you mind if I get out, please? <laughs> it was like, okay. Hopelessly run out. Hopelessly run out. <laughs> I love it. Fourteen thirteen was the score. The Wallabies get that win for you and Mackenzie over the Pumas of Argentina. If you didn't see it, this is a little bit of what it sounded like. Fernandez then to get proceedings underway. The Argentine Pumas and the wind taking effect on that ball, but well taken. And Nick White, and there's a sign of things to come. A box kick going up the touchline and swirling all over the place. Nasty bounce and a brilliant start by Nick White. And that man did, Leili Afano. Quick ball here for Australia, the tries on, quick hands. been Argentina doing what Australia did in the first half. They're calling the tune and they want to get this up to a mall if they can. Matera's been impressive, this young man. Landahu now to Sanchez. Pontopomi straightens and steps. Almost there. It's a try. Leguizamore. Yes. It looks as though they've been able to hold on. Time almost up on the clock. Argentina desperate to try and pilfer. Touch it goes. And first victory to the Wallabies. It was desperate in the second half, but they showed a lot of character. This is the Ruck on Triple M. The All Blacks 29 uh, bit the Springboks 15. This is the Rugby Championship and Wallabies 14 over Argentina 13. We'll chat with Wallabies coach Ewan McKenzie a little later in the show. It'll be great relief for him, uh, even though you know it's only a one-point win over a very tough side. The conditions in Perth yesterday, probably built for an Argentina who were never going to be playing the throw-the-ball-around kind of rugby. It was going to be based on that big forward pack, wasn't it? Yeah, but you know, the Wallaby forwards, uh, I think, did quite well last night. You know, there was a period of time uh, right down on the Wallabies line in the second half where they were just under the pump. And they went for scrum after scrum and uh, and our guys you know, held them out and then turned over the ball at the same time. So you know, they, they, they can do it. It's about, it's about being consistent, though, Tony. It's about understanding that you know, scrum in the middle field is just as important as when you're five minutes out from your line. So, you know, there's some good things last night. Um, uh, you know, when when Flau scored that try, he got involved earlier on in the piece. James O'Connor was lurking around. He needed to get more involved as well, and, and he did so. So, and when they went, you know, catch pass, catch pass, it was, you know, tough conditions and, and well done. So, you know, you take that win. Was 14 points going to be enough? Mm-hmm. Just enough in the first half. <laughs> That's right. Nick White uh, was the big story during the week, and we'll, again, we'll speak to uh, you and about that in, in a moment. The decision to put Will Genia on the bench. In what do you think, Timmy, was the reasoning behind that? Was it a wake-up call? Or was it was a genuine. We want to see. Want to have somebody who was another option for him. Who wants to see what White's game is going to do inside that gold jersey? Yeah, I think uh, Ewan McKenzie was a brave call and something that uh, he's going to have to make a few more brave calls throughout his coaching career with the Wallaby. But he, he made uh, Nick White, um, I think he selected Nick White, one, because of his kicking game. Also, I think he was a little bit disappointed with Will Genia, how he handled the game plan against the Springboks a week before in Brisbane. And as captain, as a leader, you've got to be able to sort of control that game plan. And I think also giving Will Genia a rest. But what I liked about 
um, Nick White was his kicking game was pretty good last night in those conditions. But also, you and McKenzie left him on there for 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. And yep. Normally, you see, you know, everyone thought Will Guinea would come on with about 20 minutes to go and and change the game. But it was great to see that you and McKenzie had faith in Nick White to go right through. And then obviously a big call, Ben Moen as captain in his seventh Test match as well. Yeah, and what did you make of that? Because in terms of leading that pack around, it was all talk all the way through. And I love the way he certainly gets them to rally around him, doesn't he? What about the, he does, yeah, the referee? That. Yeah, yeah. He was talking to the referee a lot. The referee um, was getting annoyed, wasn't he? I uh, think Nigel so. Owens about all the referees that were on the field trying to help him out. But um, no, I think that the way that the Wallabies played, yes, there was some promise there. One point win, you probably would have taken that before the game, Berkey, if they offered you a one point win. But gee, it's going to be tough. Now they go in two weeks' time to Cape Town to play the Springboks, and then a week later you're in Rosario to play Argentina, and both those sides at home are very hard to beat. Well, he did. I, I thought he did. I thought he did well in 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 managing the game, especially in that last couple of minutes. Um, you know, Leilifano had a shot from about forty out, mm. and and and. They they kept the pressure on, and it was it was a sign of of understanding what to do, game management, um, if you call it that. So, you know, I thought he did, I thought he did quite well under a lot of pressure last night as well. Where were the beautiful blue and white vertical stripes of the Pumas? Yeah, where were they? I don't know. What was Jimmy, that jersey? Where were they? I don't know. They're probably trying to sell some more merchandise. A bit like Manchester United changing the jersey every second <laughs> week. But yeah, <laughs> it didn't look you... like the same Argentinian team nah, with that jersey. So odd. Now you say in Rosario, Rosario, they're going to be tough over there. What did you make of of their performance, Timmy? I thought they were pretty good. Um, I thought the way that they, they played the game, they were very smart. Um, um, Santiago Phelan, who's the coach, had a really good game plan. Also, um, with Graham Henry, who the ex-All Blacks coach, yep. um, helps the Argentinian uh, rugby out now and is a consultant, as he calls himself. But I think they had a good game plan. They are going to beat some, some sides throughout uh, the competition in the next year or two. And they certainly can beat people at home, but they're getting closer away from home. So they got very close to the All Blacks last week as well. All right, well, where to now for the Wallabies? We'll have a chat about that uh, next, and we are going to uh, catch up with the coach, Ewan McKenzie, on The Ruck on Triple M. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show on Triple M. The All Blacks 29 beat the Springboks 15, the Wallabies 14, Argentina 13. Uh, what did you see in that, that game, the All Blacks? Something that uh, struck your goat I think it, 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 did, it did it, I mean and, and I think what we're finding at the moment with uh, with referees is, is they're, they're relying so much or they're being so to the letter of the law that, mm. it's, that it's sort of you know it, it's it's sort of overbearing um, Bismarck Duplessis made a tackle on Dan Carter last night and absolutely whacked him mm-hmm. um, you know one of the, the the change of angle floating ball in the air he just picked it and he came out and smashed him and it hit him that hard that he that he hurt his shoulder as in Dan Carter went off after the game but he got penalised for, uh, I suppose you could call it a dangerous hit. No arms in the tackle. He hit him that hard that mm. he couldn't get his arms around in the tackle. And it went upstairs, and, and it was the Aussie guy, George A, who said, no, no, stick with the original decision, like dangerous tackle. And, and I just thought that was just a, a great hit. Yeah. We, we, I think the game of, of rugby now is just sort of getting a little bit too, I don't know, a little bit too picky on things. Cliff Parlow hit Rob Carney in a test match in Ireland a couple of years ago and just axed him, hit him that hard that he bounced off him. And then all of a sudden, he did, and did one also against... The Reds this year as well up in Queensland. But so, you're saying it because you obviously have to engage the arms in you the have tackle. To, you have to engage the arms. Yeah. He hit him that hard that he bounced off him. Like before he, it could grab him. Before he could grab him, <laughs> exactly right. And then, the, you know, it, it looks, it looks yeah. bad, but it was just a legitimate hit. It was just a good hit. Was yeah. he just being penalised for being named Bismarck Duplessis? <laughs> <laughs> I think he could have. But he ended up getting a second yellow card because he lifted his elbow when he had the ball. 
and and caught Liam Messam in the in the throat. So which he does a little bit of. So the two yellows equaled the red, and then you know they went downhill from there. The Wallabies. Uh, so they head to South Africa, Timmy. What what do you you know? Obviously, we've seen the Wallabies into the, under you and McKenzie now. Uh, against both the All Blacks and the Springboks, who are concerned, they've had that one-point win last night against the Pumas. What do you What are your thoughts as they head to South Africa? Yeah, I think that uh, I've seen enough in the backline to see we've got a lot of talent and and the way the game plan to actually play a exciting and, and expansive game plan. And that's what your McKenzie. Uh, that's what part of his mandate is: is to bring um, people back to watch the game by playing this expansive game and entertaining game, like he's um, put in place with the Queensland Reds over the last couple of years. Uh, my concern is around the forward pack and especially at scrum time, but also in the way that we cart the ball up. Um, and when Nick White was looking for some forward runners last night, they were sort of standing still flat-footed. And that's the issue. When you watch the All Blacks and you watch the Springboks and how hard they run onto the ball and they get across the advantage line and they lay a platform for their team, that's what we've got to get to. That's the level we've got to get to and anticipate the ball coming. So that's probably the big issue. And that's, you know, you haven't got a lot of time. You're two years out from the next Rugby World Cup. Uh, you've got, you got to start making your move now and um, you know, successful World Cups that the Wallabies have had over the years has been that two years out from there you put a stake in the ground this is where we're heading this is the young team that we have and it's a young team but it's also an experienced team now you've got to start pulling the trigger Tough forwards is uh, what we need. So maybe we should go looking for some blokes whose fathers are shooting them through the calves with BB guns <laughs> like uh, Bernard Tomix is alleged to have done. <laughs> uh, but that is the, the area, isn't it? No matter what you, you look at and how terrific that backline is, that the, the forward power uh, and a, a team, a group of blokes who can hold their own is what's required. It's the physicality, absolutely. And, and what we saw in in Brisbane last week against the Springboks was they got uh, they got outmuscled. Um, Great Maybe I thought um, Sidaleki Tamani was good last night. When he came off the bench, like he's a massive player, he really made an impact when he came off the bench. And yeah. I'm not sure what he's doing at the moment with his contract, trying to still negotiate a contract over in France, I think it is, um, whether that's going to come off or not. Because, gee, I think it'd be great to, to try and keep him in the Wallabies for the next couple of years. It would be, it, absolutely. It, it's interesting, uh, Graham Henry was on our flight on the way back, and um, and he, he spoke about the, the game last week, was, and he said it was men playing boys. You know, they, they got out-muscled. Where, to, where tonight, as in yesterday, um, was... How can you have tonight as in yesterday? Well, you know what I mean. We're talking about the game. <laughs> well, come on, Tony, stay with me. I'm, I've been in a couple of different <laughs> times. red eye, haven't you? a couple of different time zones. Exactly right. It's like I've come back from Argentina. They actually muscled up last night and were quite good. Yeah, the breakdown, they were, they were quite strong. They flooded the breakdown. They, they learnt the lesson from the week before. Yeah. All right, plenty to come, including uh, uh, catching up with you and Mackenzie, the Wallabies coach. There's also the Gold Coast servants. I'm going to pick your boys' brains about that game and maybe who about should be... About what uniform re- we're going to wear, about what to dress up. <laughs> That's ex- what uniform. This is the final ruck for the season. It's almost our Mad Monday. This is the ruck, the Sunday rugby show. From a sensational album called Vulture Street, that is on my mind from Powderfinger, Good Brisbane Boys, Timmy Horan, you would have danced on tables uh, to the Powderfinger live somewhere in Brisbane over the years, wouldn't you? Oh, many years ago, many years ago. Yeah, I hear they're coming back together, hey? No. <laughs> no, no, you don't hear that at all. Can you, can you boot scoot on tables? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think uh, Bernard Dan- Fanning... We dance on tables in RMs up here. Yeah. <laughs> Bernard Fanning studying second solo album. I don't think... I reckon many sporting grand finals would try oh, to get Powderfinger back together again at some point uh, over the next few years. It, it may well happen, I guess. Uh, this is The Ruck. You're listening to Triple M. We're just oh, about 25 minutes away from the beginning of our Mad Monday. That's the final show for the year. Of course, you could be 
him in a, a rugby show. We are. It's a black black tie event, the uh, Mad Monday. Champagne caviar. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, Carl Limos will pick you up. Uh, it'll all be terrific. Tiggity boo. I think you're the designated drink driver this year. I think Mitch Allgood's busy. Apologies, kid. That's very, very poor behaviour from Uncle Tony. All right, the uh, Gold Coast Servants. Now, this is an event. Uh, I'm keen to go up and have a look at this. It's at Skilled Park, uh, Saturday, October 12, Sunday, October 13. Fans, I'm just reading from the press release now, fans in fancy dress help bring a world-class international tournament to life with karaoke, mm. dance battles, also featuring in the non-stop entertainment. Mm. So you have to well, be able you, play you rugby and dance and sing. Yeah, well, you, apparently you won't be allowed in. So if you've got a ticket yeah. and you're not, dressed up in fancy dress you won't be allowed in so if dad turns up with his young fella and he's just in you know a pair of shorts and t-shirt you won't be allowed in you'll be turned away <laughs> <laughs> you've got to have fancy dress on at the sevens you know what, you um, I, I've played a lot of sevens tournaments over the years in the early years and Berkey you were with us in to go to Hong Kong sevens if anyone yeah. hasn't been to the Hong Kong sevens get it, get yourself over there at some stage it goes for three or four days uh, and the dress ups is unbelievable I remember there was one time where uh, we'd been knocked out in the um, semi-final Tony and um, straight away you go and sit in the stand and you start having a few beers because mm-hmm. there's about another two hours until the final. So you want to stay and watch the final. It's 40,000 people there. Yeah. And they had these massive sort of um, steins that you drink out of beer, these plastic sort of beer cups. Mm-hmm. So myself and my partner, um, centre partner Jason Little, I were in the stands having a few beers <laughs> and then Fiji needed an extra player mm-hmm. because they'd, they'd have, you have 10 players in the team, seven on the field, and they only had one reserve. So they need an extra reserve. And the coach of Fiji came to Jason and I and said, listen, would you be able to sit on the bench? We won't use you unless we really need you. We have a Fiji jersey on, et cetera. You got to, you know. And I said, I looked at Jace. I'd had five beers. He'd had four. So, so <laughs> he got the he, call. he was the one. He was the one on the bench. <laughs> I love it. But is it, do they take the game itself seriously? I mean, it's like watching the, the, the darts. And turn, last week it was a couple of weeks ago in Sydney where the crowd was incredibly dressed up and, you know, full of it. But there was a seriousness about the, the actual event. Sevens, talk me through it. Have you both, you've obviously both played. How seriously is it taken as a game? Right now it's massive. Uh, you know, when, when, when Tim and I played, and it was a long time ago now, uh, you tried not to get tackled. That was the sort of objective of the game. You you you, you stress people by going you know, side to side. You back up the you back up the truck, back up the truck, so to speak, mm. and then you make a, a an angle or a run and, and you go through. Where now it is just contact city. You go. It's it's like a mini game of fifteens. Yeah, the, the the scrums are massive. The the breakdowns are massive. The cleanouts. Well, the scrums are, are massive. How many people involved? Three massive people. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's hit, backs, but it's hit as hard as you can. Yeah, it's usually the first time as a back you get a chance to play in the front row. <laughs> because they pick that, backs for the front row. Of course. And uh, but is it a contested scrum? Oh yeah. Oh, massively contested. I, I remember playing early days of Terrigal Sevens. You know, up at the Skillion there, and I had a um, I had a bad neck because I'd been bashed uh, in, in a previous scrum. Mm. I saw a mate from school, and he looked at me and said, "Gentlemen's agreement." I said, "Yeah, yeah absolutely." Knowing full well you're going to go as hard as you can, and we went whack, <laughs> and I put my neck back into place. It was like, "Thanks, mate." I'm like, Crack. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, there's so always a good saying. Yeah, sorry, Burke. I was going to say, there's always a good saying at the sevens, at the at the big sevens competitions around the world now. And the sevens in the Olympics, yeah, um, in the Olympics coming up, exactly. the next next two Olympics they're in, um, and then they make a decision whether they uh, they'll go forward after those two Olympics. But they say at sevens that because there's so much happening off the field and drinking and dress ups and and dancing that when you get bored at a sevens tournament you start watching the game <laughs> because there's so there's so much happening off the field that uh, entertainment uh, value. All right. Are you going to pick a team, the two of you? Uh, what's your ultimate here, your seven side? Well, I, I'd love to see someone like um, uh, Liam Gill get a start. You know, you, mm. I think you look for that back row sort of slash back that can fit the forward role, but run all day 
and be physical at the same time. Liam Gill for me, Michael Hooper, um, Falau, even someone like uh, Kieran Drani, uh, Timmy might get a start. And then you just need genuine speed, like someone like Dom Shipley, for example, Lockie mm-hmm. Turner, yep. you know, guys that can just go the length of the field. So there's plenty of players, plenty of players to choose from. Right, Timmy? Yeah, I mean, when, when you get an opportunity to potentially win a medal uh, at the Olympics, it's a big carrot for a, a lot of the players playing now. But it's a lot of the sevens players with Michael O'Connor, the dual international who was the coach of the Australian sevens team, yep. uh, are players who don't necessarily play in, in super rugby. They have a specific group that come together and train all the time just for sevens. But if you include anyone else outside of those players, you know, Michael Hooper, Israel Folau, James O'Connor, Quade Cooper, Nick Cummins, potentially in the front row, uh, Bernard Foley, I'd like to see. He's a wonderful fly half for the, mm. for the Waratahs and would really get sevens. Uh, Luke Moraham with some pace. So there's plenty of players to choose from. The hardest thing is for Michael O'Connor as coach. Uh, in a couple, uh, you know, in a couple of years' time, is to who does he choose? Does he stay with the group that's been together for a couple of years, or does he bring in players like an Israel Folau? Yeah, that's right. I, mean, I guess it's like uh, the difference between Test match and Twenty Twenty. They do, uh, you know, yeah. there are some guys who crossovers, and they're the specialists as well. Mm. All right, well, Ewan McKenzie, the coach of the Wallabies, he joins us next on the Ruck on Triple M. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. This is a Ruck on Triple M, your Sunday morning rugby show. The morning after the Wallabies notched up that win over the Pumas, 14-13, uh, the man in charge. Uh, and I have a bit of a smile on his face this morning. You and Mackenzie joins us. G'day, mate. How you going, guys? Yeah, good. Um, for you, obviously, getting that first win, looks like your test cricket really doesn't matter whether it's a, a six or a four, or just a little nudge around the corner to get, to get off the mark. You are off the mark. Must feel a bit better for you this morning. Oh, it's always different when you wake up... Um from a win, it's a whole different language, but um, yeah, you, you dig around, there's plenty of things to, uh, to keep working on. It's, it's hard work at the moment. There's no easy games, there's no easy games on the horizon either, so um, you just got to keep at it. And uh, um, there's some good character shown there. It was difficult, very difficult conditions. Probably didn't show up on the TV as much. So it, was, uh, it was a pretty hard night to uh, construct a game, so we're quite pleased to come out, come out with the result. Yeah, mate. Well, it did on the telly. Uh, it did look like it was the rain was you know going sideways, and that would have you know given that the Argentina they were never going to throw the ball around a lot. It kind of you'd think played into their hands. So you did well in in that regard. Yeah, well, funnily enough, I was just looking at the numbers. You know, the uh, they actually probably tried to play too much rugby in the first half, made a bunch of mistakes, were able to pin them down uh, in their half, and um, second half they made the adjustment and played a bit more field position and, and did better. So, yeah, they did much better in the second half. But, um, yeah, I was looking at the numbers. You know, we ran, we ran for the first time this season, we run less footy than the opposition, and uh, we won. And that's pretty, been pretty much the tail of the tape. But the teams that run the ball less have been winning, which is disappointing in the end. Link, I was going to ask you, mate, um, about the captaincy. Uh, what a good call, Ben Moen coming in and... and, and um, Running the team well, I thought last night. I thought he controlled and and man managed the game well. Your thoughts on his performance? Yeah, he's a very different style of leader. We've got a bunch of leaders in the team, but um, yeah, he provides a very different um, shape and, and very standards driven and quite authoritative. Um, so we were able to we changed a lot of things during the week. We changed how we train. We did a lot of things, but um, and we worked hard on the internally with the, the players. But the leadership side was uh, was a plus, you know. That was that was a good result. Hey, you and uh, Tim here. If we crystal ball uh, a little way forward now for the Wallabies, because I think all the rugby supporters uh, around Australia are looking for what's going to happen in the next two years. The Rugby World Cup two years away. 
Uh, I know your immediate concern is going through South Africa, playing um, in Cape Town and also in Rosario against Argentina. But where do you see this team progressing in the next couple of years? Well, I think that there's um, yeah, some really interesting players who are probably put their hands up. I thought Nick White had a good game last night, you know, so we're really sort of building some depth across all the positions. So we've got a number of candidates that can play on any given day. Now, we got through a difficult game last night, and Australia hasn't got a great record of playing in the wet and the wind and, uh, and winning. So uh, that was another outcome that we're able to sort of uh, manage. So, yeah, you, you, you've got to keep going out there. But, you got, you know, we only get validated by wins, really. That's the way the Australian sporting public works. So uh, um, we'll just concentrate on that, that process. That There are a couple of interesting games coming up on the road. No one will tip us to win. So that's not a bad environment for us at the moment. I think that we can uh, can do well. So we'll just keep chipping away. And then, you know, at some point in time down the track, I think everyone will realise, maybe it's in 12 months' time, everyone will realise when, you know, the Higginbottoms and Parlers and Pococks and, and Oliton Nows and these types of players um, all come back into the fold. There's suddenly a whole lot more players to choose from. And uh, it'll make for very interesting uh, very interesting selections. And uh, we'll suddenly look like we've got a lot of depth. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I think, we'll be making those sort of comments in 12 months' time. Mate, you mentioned Nick White there. Now, that obviously was an interesting selection and a big one for you, from you during the week. How did Will Genia react and what did you think of Nick's performance? Oh, obviously, Will was disappointed. Uh, every, every player that doesn't get picked is, is disappointed. Um, he's been picked often, so it makes it uh, more difficult. Um, no, I thought he played pretty well. Um, yeah, we didn't pick him to necessarily kick the ball but um, the, the weather turned as it is and he managed the game well from uh, from nine so um, that was a pretty good effort from him he's had a good year so I wasn't surprised um, he's, he's a good player What about when you wake up in the morning uh, you, and, and, you, and you open the curtains for the first time and you, and you see the rain coming sideways there's a there's a preparation that you need to get into as, as a player what about a coach did you pack a cup of soup mate just for the box you know where it's nice and warm when you watch the game no, we had those nice yellow jackets we were wearing. Though. We had those, and obviously we dusted them off. But um, aside from that, I mean, to be honest, it had been raining, been raining off and on all week. Uh, just that the wind really was quite uh, really strong, and that it was the thing that popped up, which made it a bit, a bit awkward. But um, no, we didn't have to adjust too much. That's one of the things that we, we have a fairly flexible mindset, and um, you now we didn't. There's no panic. We just said, well, just tweak a few things here, and uh, the guys went out and did it. All right, mate. The uh, the other thing uh, about your f- the future then uh, this side, big forwards. You've got some blokes coming back. How important is to get big blokes for the what's going to happen in South Africa? We've seen or throughout the year the forward pack is the thing that has had a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I think that um, well, size is a good big guy, but a good little guy. You know, so you, you know, size is important in that sense. And um, I think we saw now Tamani coming off the bench last night was an example he was imposed himself pretty quickly in the game yeah, we don't have a masses of masses of large guys so you've got to be smart about how you do it but um, we'll have options uh, as we go forward um, I, um, you know, I think there's, there are ways to overcome and that you've got what you've got in the end so there's no point in uh, um, lamenting that you've got what you've got so we'll just keep looking at the form of players and, and, and working out but there are strategies and things you can use to get overcome those situations. We've got South Africa coming up. We're looking forward to that game. I don't think we really gave ourselves much of a chance last time, which was disappointing, so I'm really quite keen to play them again. 
Mate, we, we, we're just wondering whether Timmy's fallen asleep up in Queensland. He got, he got the red eye back. Timmy, yeah. are you oh, there, We mate? haven't heard from him all we show. We haven't heard from you. <laughs> oh, yeah, just, yeah. just snoring here on the couch. <laughs> you know, so. Mate, we've got the Wallaby coach on the line. you got a question for him. <laughs> hey, you're probably one last quick one. Um, I, I know that uh, your time and, and, and also Robbie Deans' time, that there's a lot of pressure. And do you find that, uh, and rugby supporters are very passionate, as you know, do you find that rugby supporters can be impatient and want results straight away? Or, and, and I mean, you as a coach would want wins straight away, but are you trying to build to something in, in the future? You've got what you've got in any given week, and um, you know, so you that's what, what it is. And uh, you know, a lot of people like to write in and say, Well, why don't you pick him and why don't you pick that guy? And money, then you're not picking them because they're injured they're out for six months or something like that, so you can't pick them. So it's not like you can sit there and fantasize about it. So you've got to, you've got to live in the real world. Um, so, and in that process, every year uh, I have ideas about how you want to go about it. So there's a cultural development that's going on at the same time. So it's not just the technical part of the game. Where you go and playing, yeah, we're adapting at the moment to the new scrum laws. That's proving to be complicated, but we'll just keep working at it. Um, but there's a cultural thing. As you know, we've got half a dozen guys who are, or more than half a dozen guys who are on sort of six or less caps, you know. So those guys are new to the environment. You've got to actually take them along, get them used to the environment this idea of travelling it's quite arduous at the moment so I've spent so many days in the hotels and I'm looking forward to another seven or eight weeks of hotel life ahead of us till, till December so that's difficult an adjustment and from all that you've got to build the team build the team culture and um, that's what we're working on at the moment that's happening in the background and that goes on and the wind validates some of the stuff we've done but right. um, that's a continuous process so you know we're, we're working hard all right, well, congratulations on that win. May there be many more. Ewan McKenzie, thanks for joining us on The Ruck. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. There he goes, Wallabies coach Ewan McKenzie on The Ruck. You're on Triple M. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yes, for the final time this season. And let's get you a little bit of uh, a sports all in. Uh, starting uh, with the rugby, of course, in the uh, rugby championships. The All Blacks 29 beat the Springboks from South Africa 15. Uh, and Wallabies 14 get their first win under new coach Ewan McKenzie, who we spoke to. Uh, Argentina 13 in very wet, wild, windy Perth. All right, in the NRL, the uh, Sydney Roosters 4... Yes, beat the uh, Manly nil four nil. Gee, it was a good old fashioned game of footy from the seventies or eighties. There four nil. <laughs> wow, been, I think it's been a long time. It's been about twenty five, twenty six years since a final has had meant such a low scoring game. I think it might have been St George nil Awara. Uh, four nil. Cronulla Sharks twenty over the Cowboys eighteen. Gee, did you see that? Seven, no, seven tackles. The did old you Greg say you boys know what that means. Is no, that no. I was going to say, did you see? But of course, you're in Perth and you're watching. No, we saw it. Yeah, saw a bit of it. Saw the highlights. Seven yeah. tackles. The Queenslanders robbed again. Well, there seems to be a bit of a conspiracy that that is exactly what happened. Uh, I don't know if you saw Neil Henry or heard him in the uh, the post game interview. He was yes. I was just going to say, for, I mean, for the Queenslanders, I mean, they can count that on one hand, couldn't they? <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Oh, dear. This, this show does go to Brisbane. Oh, and occasionally it? you go to Brisbane. Oh, does it? Not anymore. Oh, no. uh, this no. is what Neil, Neil Henry had to say. Well, you just want to see him getting it right. I mean, that's just a... That's a school. That's a schoolboy error. It's just something that you don't see out there in Queensland Cup. You don't see it in local A grade. You know, you count your tackles. But you get a bit bitter about it when it's happened two years. And believe you me, we don't forget about... Kieran Foran. We don't forget that moment. That's etched in our, our brains. We train thinking about that all year for an opportunity to get on this stage to roll again. Oh, I can't believe it. We work our butts off 
and to be dudded twice in two years, there needs to be some accountability for this. Because like Neil said, this is the biggest stage. We're performing the best of our ability. Well, are the refs performing to their best of their ability? Wow, and that was Jonathan Thurston, the, the captain there, speaking after Neil Henry, who, of course, it's his final uh, you know, day coaching for mm. the Cowboys. Uh, they were very, very upset. He should have unloaded. I mean, gone harder. Well, they're not going to. They're going to send a ten thousand dollar fine, but he's just not going to pay it. <laughs> the club will have to pay it. <laughs> no, anyway, <laughs> they'll pass it on to him, and he has an affording. You're going to go down, go down swinging, boo. Absolutely. Well, I wouldn't be too sure that he doesn't have a forwarding address quite soon. The way he's coached, I reckon he'll get another gig fairly yeah, sure. shortly. Neil Henry. Yeah, but there you're right. When you mentioned the Kieran Foran, that was of course they were knocked out of the, the finals last year with a, mm. a blatant knock on by uh, Kieran Foran from Manly. So there you go. Very controversial circumstances. South Sydney uh, twenty over Storm ten. The AFL. The Swans eighty six beat Carlton sixty two. Could come at some cost though. That victory, Kurt Tippett hurt. Very very early. Uh, Tommy Mitchell's ankle, he probably won't come up for either the next game or the grand final should they get past Freo. That's their next assignment. Geelong, 96. Too good for a brave. I'm going to say a brave Port Adelaide. Brave. Uh, 80. <laughs> Love a brave side. Brave. Uh, they now take on uh, the Hawks, the Cats and the Hawks for uh, to get into the grand final. That will be a beauty. And the Davis Cup, Australia lead Poland 2-1, winning both opening singles rubbers that losing the doubles. Uh, in the one-day international, what one happened days. there, Berkey? Uh, despite uh, Clint Mackay getting a hat-trick, uh, England won that game by three wickets in the end, and it's one all, one to go, one all. Boo, we're robbed by some rain and a couple of other games it as was, well. It was, two drawn games. All right, look, the time together for this season is almost done. I'm just thinking about some of the great moments, and, and perhaps mm. uh, the best was had to do with a little bit of silverware that arrived here that yeah. the Australians just see far too little of. It was special. Very, very special, and this is it. Berkey, what are you, uh, you've got something in the studio there which looks uh, very large at the moment. I do, <laughs> I do, I do. It's a silver cup. Uh, it's called the Bledisloe Cup. We haven't had it for oh, 10 no. years. Well, what you should do is hold it up in glory. We'll get we'll get a picture, but maybe do the old, you know, above the head so we can actually see the uh, Matthew Burke holding the Bledisloe Cup aloft. I might do the above the head, and the security guy, he's taxi at the moment, might do a run at the same time. Here we go. Ready, boys? Here we go. This is it. <laughs> no, yes. This is it. One, two, three. Here we go. I'm up. I'm up now. I'm up. Oh. Yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> that can't be Whoops. good. <laughs> That's the only way to treat that piece of silverware, yeah. isn't it? At the moment, with, with contempt. Dis- <laughs> I was going to say disdain. <laughs> you didn't drop it; you threw it down. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy your off season. Enjoy your Mad Monday, uh, and we'll catch up again next time. See you soon.